Uh, let's turn our Bibles, please, tonight to Proverbs chapter 19. And uh, we're going to just do a Bible study this evening. And uh, Lord willing, we might, may continue it the next couple of Wednesdays. And just, uh, just one verse here. And then we'll, well, if you have your Bibles handy, we're going to turn to different places tonight. So I uh, hope that you follow along this evening. And I think what we find in scriptures, uh, in the scripture, is uh, obviously some some instruction for for life and godliness. That's what it says about itself. But it's it's the means by which we see blessings in life. And you know, blessings can come in in many shapes and sizes. And we sometimes what we equate to blessing isn't isn't quite what it is. But um, what we know though is they only flow through through having certain things in place in our lives. And I think one of those things that, that perhaps is something greatly lacking in society and why we might see the trouble that we see um, in our world today is just this fearing God. And the Bible tells us here in verse 23, Proverbs chapter 19, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. And we see a lot of the, the outworkings of evil in our world today. We see the brokenness. We see the, uh, some of the things that just, if you were, for those of you who've lived long enough, you looked at 30 years ago, you'd, you just wouldn't believe it's happening today. And there's a great amount, I think, of lawlessness in our society. And there's a great amount of dis- destruction taking place in, in all levels of society, you know, governmental, personal, individual, in, in our families, and, and different things like that, different, different areas, different spheres of life. And we find ourselves in a time when there's not just, I think, an apathy toward Christianity and God, but an antagonism towards all things pertaining to God. And if you've been paying a little bit of attention to some of the things happening, um, you know about, you might know about this fellow named Andrew Thorburn, who recently got appointed CEO of Essendon Football Club. I'm, I'm not really an AFL fan. I don't know if there's anyone here. I follow it a little bit, usually when the Swannies are winning, but he, uh, he recently got appointed that, and then within a day, he resigned, and really forced to it because he had certain beliefs that according to the vast uh, number of society including the premier of that state in Victoria, including you know, certain personalities in the media and certain others who were part of that club, seemed outraged about. And all it was was he was a member of a church that espoused biblical beliefs on homosexuality and abortion. Now, that's not outrageous. That the vast, probably, majority of most Australians still somewhat believe that. And no doubt, there's a, a millions and millions of us as Christians who believe that. But because of that, and not, not even that he declared he personally believed that, and, and I believe he does, obviously, but I think just that his association as a, a member and a board member of that certain church was enough for him to, to be vilified and then pushed out of the job. 
And I look at that and I think that's the, the, you know, the outrage from all levels of society for the simple fact that this, really, he was a pretty accomplished man. You look at his resume, he's, he's been in different leadership positions in his professional life. He would have made a good candidate apart from the fact that he's a Christian. And he just simply believes what the Bible says. I don't know about you, I categorize myself in that I'm, I'm just a person who believes what the Bible says. And there's a growing aggression toward Christianity, and what that is, it's, a sim- it's symptomatic of a society that no longer has a fear of God, no longer has a fear of the Lord. And this is all a society that is, sadly, it's irreverent to God. And I want to say to, to us tonight as, as God's people, we've got to ensure as his people that we've also got that in place. We, we're supposed to be the ones that exemplify that in our lives. How's our fear of the Lord? How's our, uh, how's our fear of God? In fact, the, the preacher says in Ecclesiastes 12.13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And remember, he went through the ins and outs of life. He just was going through that search. And finally, he comes to the conclusion of it all. And what does he say? Fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And so what we understand about that is this whole concept of fearing God in the Bible is so critical to so many areas of life. If we don't have that in our lives, if we don't have that as something that we're fostering and we're growing in and we're understanding of what it means biblically, then actually there's many things in life that, that won't be working for us. And fearing God... And he says, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. There's, a, there's an order there. And so what we find is it's so critical, actually. And, and when I say fear of God, really, um, we're, we're talking about just a, a, a proper understanding and estimation of God, of understanding who he is, understanding that he's sovereign, understanding that he's all-powerful, understanding his nature and his character. And when we understand that, we, we start to understand other things. And what we're saying is that, that as we continue to abide in his word and continue to abide in, in, in the, the, the very things that, uh, that communicate to us who God is, then there's a, there's a growing and there's a fostering of that healthy fear. And there is such a thing as a healthy fear, right? We teach that to our children. There's certain things that they ought to be fearful of so that they're not in danger, and this is the healthiest fear of all, is that we would fear God. And so we're going to look at that um, today, and then uh, just as the Lord leads, we're going to look at it through Scripture in the next couple of weeks. But let's turn firstly to Genesis chapter 20 this evening, and I want to talk about fearing God and, and just a, a general pattern. And what, what we find in the Bible, there's the, the law of first mention. And what the law of first mention states is that where you, it generally a certain concept or a certain word even in the Bible, it generally carries through a pattern throughout the rest of Scripture. And so this is the first mention of that, that phrase, fearing God or, or fear of God or fear of the Lord. And look at verse 9, and this has got to do with Abraham on his journeys. And Verse 9, then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, what hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? If thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. 
And what it was is he, he remember, he, he told a lie about uh, Sarah, that he was his sister because he was fearful that if they knew, that they would kill him. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And he says, Why did you do this to us? Why did you lie? Why did you do that? And he says, And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. What he, was, what he was jumping to the conclusion of is that because there's no fear of God in this place, then there's a lawlessness. And so he says, well, it was only half a lie is what he was saying. Yet indeed she is my sister, she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, this is my kindness which thou shalt show unto me at every place whither we shall come, save me, he is my brother. So he, he, just, he just comes out and says that, look, this is what we had hatched. But he was saying, I did this. And the irony of that is it was actually Abraham who had lacked the fear of God. His observation was correct in the sense of when there's no fear of God, there is generally a lawlessness. But actually, in Abraham's case, he, he, he missed the point. It was, it was a lawlessness within and so what happened was, in, in, here in Abraham's estimation of Gerar, was, was, was a place without the fear of God, and hence it was a place not to be trusted. He meant that this place was of low morality. And again, the reality was Abraham was also lacking, and hence he concocted a lie to be able to protect himself. He demonstrated a lack of fear of God, and hence he feared his circumstance. And, um, and the Scripture says here in 2 Chronicles 20, 29, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. And, and often God used the fear of God to, to, sort of, to sort of stabilize the society to have a right view. He, he wanted them in, in that situation there that they would have a right view of his nation. And so the fear of God came upon them so that he could, he could stabilize the way for Israel and stabilize them. And, and what the fear of God is, it's a result of a d demonstrable power shown by God. And we know that, we understand that. We, how is it that whenever we look around and there's natural disasters, that, that suddenly there's a consciousness about God? Even in Western societies, was a, when there's a general, there's a general uh, ignorance and a general uh, willingness to ignore that there's a, there's a one true God. And, and suddenly in, in situations where there's flooding, where there's earthquakes, and we... We see all of those uncontrollable circumstances. People are more likely to recognize there is a God. And so they see that God is powerful, and they see that there's things that are beyond their control, and they start to understand, well, maybe there is a God. And so it's this de demonstrable thing that God can do. And, and what it is, the pattern here that I'm, I'm alluding to as we're thinking about it, is really the fear of God is the basis for, for judging morality. You know, there, there's certain, certain things in different societies that we sort of, you know, in, in a sense in their culture, admire. But, but true morality has to stem from a fear of God. We understand, I think, as, as Christians that without God, there is actually no morality. If there's no measure of, of, of an absolute standard, then there's actually no morality. We become our own judges 
We just do what, like what we see in the book of Judges, what seems right in our own eyes. And so we see that actually being played out in our society today. It is so without God, there's no morality. So it, it, it has to be that without a fear of God, again, a proper knowledge and estimation of God, then there can't be a fear of transgression, uh, transgressing that morality. And what I'm saying is it's lawlessness, it's immorality. It's a, it's a time, and, and we see all around us, there's just a general sense, a general lack of, of recognition that there is a, a, an absolute morality. And there's lawlessness in, in our societies today. Uh, look with me in, in Psalm chapter 36. And I think God refers to this. Look at Psalm chapter 36. And notice with me verse 1. And we'll continue on reading down to verse 4. Notice here, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. So notice there, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. You're saying someone that, that when there's an estimation of no fear of God and all of these things are true, there's, there's a sense of, of self, uh, there's an inflation of self. There's an inflation of iniquity and deceit. There, there's an inflation of self-wisdom and, and there's, a, there's a despising of those things that are good and then an excusing of those things that are evil. And so what we find there is that, again, there's a, there's a lawlessness and there's, there's a rampant immorality. And this is reflected, look at in Romans chapter 3. Look at Romans chapter 3. And we know the verse in verse 10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth go, go, good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre, the, their tongues, as they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. And notice this, there is no fear of God before their eyes. So all of that we read and, and you know, the, the Scripture is making a point here that actually there's none that is good. But what's causing that lawlessness in their lives is because there's no fear of God before their eyes. And so if we're going to come to some sort of order as a society, then what needs to be emphasized is a return to a healthy fear of God. I think we see that borne out in society, in history. You go to places and, and sometimes there's this idea of the noble savage where in different places around the world where there was steep darkness and idolatry and, and, and society in, in, in their part of the world was very much very wicked. And then societies who have come and, you know, we, we, we use the term colonize, and they bring with them Christianity. And we see that in history, how that society changes when it's done right. 
when there's a fear of God placed in, their, in that society. And we see that. We see when, when missionaries go to different places and they preach the gospel and there's a healthy fear of God instilled in those hearts, what happens? They change. It betters, it betters that society if, if, if it's, it's true Christianity. And we see that borne out all over the place and in history. But really simply, it's also the general pattern is the basis of living in wisdom. Because for, for Abraham, even though his estimation was probably right in that place, it was a, it was a heathen place, his estimation of himself was wrong. And what it was, he didn't act with wisdom because he lacked the fear of God. And, and the Bible over and over again will tell us that. Look at Psalm 111 verse 10, and you'll be familiar with these verses. Psalm 111 verse 10. Notice here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So God's correlating there that the true knowledge is, is wisdom and instruction. He's saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that. Then look at verse nine in, uh, chapter 9, verse 10. Chapter 9, verse 10. And he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And holiness, if it comes down to it, is, is really uh, the trait of it's the, it's the defining trait of God. He's absolutely holy. And he's saying that the, the more we're like him in our holiness, the more we fear the Lord. But that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the thing that, that, that produces wisdom in our lives. And we go through situations where we're te tempted to trust ourselves. And, and when we fear God, instead of trusting ourselves, we start to trust in him. We trust to start to trust and we start to, to follow after those things that he instructs us with through his word. And so without fearing God, uh, we lose, lose out on the knowledge and wisdom required to navigate through life. And th there's a whole lack of wisdom at times when we observe the world and we observe even at times Christianity today. And the fear of God. Is, is at the crux of all of that. Look at Isaiah chapter 33, and, and we'll be done tonight. Look at Isaiah chapter 33, and uh, we'll look at verses 5 and 6. And the, the book of Isaiah is written really to, to the people of Judah. And, and all God was doing through the prophet Isaiah was warning the Assyrians, uh, warning the, the, those in Judah of an Assyrian invasion. And then if, if the rebellion continued, uh, a pending captivity. And so sadly, they didn't repent from their rebellious ways. And, and the later parts of Isaiah really speak about that in prophecy about, uh, of, of their demise. But he says here in, in Isaiah chapter 33, look at verse 5, The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. 
and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Saying the thing that will stabilize them. Firstly, he says the Lord is exalted. There's an there's a exalted knowledge of God and understanding of who he is. But then he says, he, uh, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And then the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. He's saying the basis of all of that, what is produced in, in society, he's saying he's speaking to a, a, a group of, of uh, the nation of Judah here, the part of Israel. He's saying here to them that actually the thing that will stabilize your times is just a fear of God. He says, if you treasure that. You know, I, I think sometimes we don't always observe it in our own lives and Sometimes the times when we're, we're drawn away by our own lusts, when we lack control, a healthy fear of God. Understanding that, that who, who God is in our, in our lives, not just, not just our, our Savior, not just, um, and I'm not diminishing that He is all of that, but God is sovereign. God is worthy to be feared. Actually, if, if He deems it, none of us here would be here. And, and he has no one to answer to. You remember that. And so we need to have that. And, and, and by the way, he sees all. And so we go about and sometimes in the moments we, we don't display a, a good fear of God. We're just going about as if he's blind to what we're doing, blind to our hearts and our thoughts. And what it might be, we just need to come back to just fostering that in our lives. And, you know, our stability... Of, of life is, is a byproduct of living in wisdom that can only flow from a person that fears God and holds that as valuable. It's a treasure. You know, fe- fearing God comes from a deepening understanding of who God is, and that's why we're, we ought to be in the Word of God. That's why when it comes to it that we need to set aside some time to study and meditate and, and get to know God in the pages of His Word. This is the mind of God. And so if we're allowing ourselves to slip in, in those areas, if we allow others, others to sort of caricature God for us, uh, that's, that's perhaps contrary to what, what is actually in Scripture, then what we're doing, we're not treasuring our fear of God. And instability then comes. Then, then those, those areas where God wants to bless and God wants to guide and what God wants to, they, they don't come. And so we, need to, we can't take it for granted. And so we, that's, that's really just a pattern. And we see, again, we're going to, Lord willing, if we continue next week, we'll look at the, the other bits of, of just fearing God. And, and then hopefully we just will reflect on that this week and then just arrest that if that's slipping.